Today's program has been brought to you by Heritage Foods USA, the nation's largest distributor of heritage breed pigs and turkeys. For more information, visit heritagefoodsusa.com. I'm Greg Blaze, host of Cutting the Curd. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. And welcome to Animal Instinct here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Celia Kutcher, also known as the Food Healer. And today I've got Denise Herman from Empire of the Dog. We're going to talk all about Halloween safety tips for your pets. So, Denise, I'm so excited to have you in the studio with me. I've been alone here for weeks, so it's great to have someone here. So, welcome. Oh, thank you so much. It's good to be back again. Just yeah. I was here recently. It's like going to become second home. Totally. I'm excited that you're here. So, Halloween... Very exciting holiday. We all know that. You know, everybody's very excited about it. There's a lot of things going on. But there's a lot of real dangers in Halloween for pets. And so I wanted to talk about those and give our listeners some tips on how to keep their pets as happy and as calm and as safe as they can over this holiday. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is any, every single holiday actually has threats for our pets in it. Where I rhymed. Good threats, point. Threats for our pets. Um, <laughs> but Halloween, you know, runs the, the spectrum on both sides. You know, certainly, you know, one of the things I think of is with puppies even, you know, Halloween can be a great uh, holiday to get young, young puppies out and do a little bit of socialization with them because you've got, you know, a real hodgepodge lodge of, you know, what people look like and acting and behavior. Mm-hmm. But outside of young puppies, and socializing them, it's pretty much a hateful holiday for all the rest of the animals. <laughs> you know, black cats, as we talked about, don't fare so well. Yeah. You know, dogs, the chaos, the, the fact that suddenly all these humans look weird. Mm-hmm. Even the weirder, weird ones, like little kids, with, that they already look weird to them, or like now they're short, little, weird-looking things. And then everybody's hepped up on sugar, so. Totally. And so you've got kids that are in, you know... Funky little costumes with things trailing behind them, running around and screaming and yelling. So, you know, for a lot of dogs, this would be like, ooh, look, something to go get. You oh, know? yeah. And then they have them have props like swords and batons Good and things to, to smack <laughs> animals with. Um, not that we're suggesting that all children are smacking animals with no. their, their princess wands, but still. True. So let's start with costumes, okay? Because I judged, you were doing the McCarran Park thing this weekend. I was fortunate enough to judge the uh, East Village Dog Parade, the Halloween parade this weekend. So I saw a lot of costumes. And one of the things that I saw, which was kind of a bummer, but people were designing costumes that were almost like a dog in a box. um, Or a tablecloth in front of them. So, you know, it was kind of like a table. But the problem was they designed it when the dog was sitting, like, looking up and standing normally. So as soon as they started to walk on this unusual surface, they put their head down to sniff. Next thing you know, their paws are on the front of the tablecloth thing, mm-hmm. and they can't walk. Design, and they're being design, dragged. Yeah, you know? designed but not engineered. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And they get bigger, like... like like everything American, they get bigger. They're like Hummers now. <laughs> they're so giant. Um, and the dog, what did I, so the dog that won at McCarran yesterday was, uh, it was a forklift. Cool. Um, so it had a giant box on it. Wow. Um, as you were talking about that, that's, that's the one that won that one. And I, it, it was a giant box strung on this dog and he walked around with it. Was he able to like walk around he, freely? He seemed fairly mobile. They had um, a really ingenious way that they had, uh, um, kind of uh, fed the leash up through it, oh, cool. so the leash came out over the top, and that kind. Of, there, there looked like there was a bit of engineering involved in this one, actually. Nice, 
I mean, the winner, best in show at, uh, in the East Village was Titanic. And what <laughs> which, they did... Which just means giant. <laughs> it was exactly giant. giant set. It was a giant wow. boat, obviously. And then they had, deco- they had done wardrobe for all the dogs that were basically the main characters of the, play- or of the movie, I'm sorry, um, on the boat. So there was this Billy Zane, there was Leonardo DiCaprio, and all the costumes were handmade. I mean, they were absolutely spectacular. The thing I really liked about it was the fact that the whole thing moved, so it didn't rely on one of these little tiny dogs to have mm-hmm. to like use manpower or dog oh, power. Oh, did it have wheels? Like they pulled yeah. it and the dog was in it? Kind yeah, of? there yeah. was like a giant boat and they were sitting on top of it. And so they were safe because there were yeah. edges around everything. And they spent a lot of time making the piece. I mean, it was really, really beautiful. Yeah, word, word to people out there. Get your dog to ride in something. That's a pretty Tony way to be able to go. Yeah. Just like you pull your dog on his own little float. Exactly, but you also have to make sure that like you know, at when you start and stop things, as we know, like if you're standing on a cart and someone pulls it, your weight's going to shift. So mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you've got safety bars and everything for your dog, you know, or your pet, whatever that might be, so that they don't whip off the back of it and just, you know, fall yeah. over when you pull yeah. it forward. You need to test drive these costumes. Big time. Big and time. Not on the cat. Test drive them on the animal they're going to be on. Yeah, definitely. I mean, another thing that I saw, too, was that um, some of them had a really hard time seeing Mm. So, you know, seeing these in the daytime when it's a parade and all that is already stressful enough for these animals. But then to be at night with like a mask or something where they really can't see and they're going to be really freaked out. And that brings up, you know, just a secondary part of that, which is that, you know, wearing a costume, an outfit beyond just a simple sweater if it's cold or jacket if it's rainy is something you should consider. You know, does my dog enjoy this or is it going to stress him out? And even though it might seem like a lot of fun and not a long time to put your dog through that, it's not for every dog. It really isn't. No, it's not. It's definitely not. And there were some that were truly miserable, and there were some that were really loving it, you know? So I think that's a really good point, too. Um, and then, you know, for people that were making custom clothing, you really, you know, it's it's not something... It's complicated. It's like making human clothing. So in terms of fit and making sure nothing's, you know, rubbing or getting knotted in their coat or whatever it may be. So... There's a lot to it. I mean, the store costumes are definitely a lot easier to get, um, mm-hmm. and they fit better because they've got designers making them. But, you know, if you come to any of these contests, you're not going to win a prize if you've got a store-bought costume. So if no, that matters that's kind to you. Of, that's kind of true. That's, you know, unless you can, unless you can target it up and make it somehow different. Totally. I, I'm for, you know, I'm for sort of the minimalist costumes, the things that were sort of theme-oriented. I, mm-hmm. I was... Um, you know, I dressed my, my one dog uh, who doesn't really love social outside crazy busy things and and having a bunch of gear on her the the one year i just dressed her up and took like five or six sparkly collars and joined them end to end and then wrapped them loosely around her neck and i was like she's coco chanel (laughs) that's it and she could walk totally fine i mean this was nothing they were lightweight collars and that didn't bother her at all and i Mm -hmm. was like okay i'm very i'm very proud of myself this is a good costume yeah, I think so, too. I mean, some of my favorite costumes that I saw was there were two, I guess they were Rhodesian Ridgebacks, or dogs that looked like that anyway, and they'd put these big lion manes on them. Oh, yeah, that's easy and really soft, easy. and you yeah. know, it was just a collar of hair. Totally. They were thrilled. They were like, whatever, and then yeah. someone had a black lab that they actually painted a skeleton on a dog's coat, and it was beautiful. I mean, the amount of work that went into mm. this was amazing, you know, and yeah, and as long as, that's, as long as you researched your paint and it's not toxic or yeah. anything like that, then you're good to go. Totally. I and mean, I think that's kind of kind of fun. I do too. And I like, you know, the idea of costumes is, you know, you're totally right because 
if your animal doesn't like wearing clothes and you've decided that, you know, this one day a year, we're going to do this and it's going to be awesome, you know, you've got to work them up to it, too. Yeah, there is such a thing as, you know, sort of habituating them to the costume little by little, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't help those of us who procrastinate and make it the day before. <laughs> But one thing we do every single year in uh, puppy class for the puppies that are in our puppy class over the Halloween, uh, you know, session is that we make them um, through finger wagging. You better Mm -hmm. come in with a costume on for their dogs. And we practice getting it on and off. And it starts a whole discussion about, oh, I have trouble getting my dog's harness on. Or, oh, Mm. I have trouble putting a sweater on my dog. Or, oh, you know, all these different handling things that you have with puppies. And we get to do it in a really fun context where they have the costume and we get to see each other in costume and it's super fun. That sounds like fun. But it brings up really important points of handling and, uh, you know, puppy grooming type things. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, if you're seeing costumes, like if you're looking at one of the stores, just take a look at it and see how complicated is it to get this thing on, you know, because if you've got a squirmy dog and you've got straps everywhere, you've actually got to get them into like a pair of pajamas. I mean, you know, good luck because it's going to be really, yeah. really hard. Yeah. And if you want to win the costume contest, two things we, we've we've learned. It better roll and your pet sits in it and <laughs> you better dress up as well. I was like the, the parent getting into the act. I'm like, you need to be dressed up too. When I was judging the other day, I was like, oh, I want to give it all to the people that all dressed up. Well, I mean, in the East Village, everybody dressed up. There was was nobody that kind of wandered in with their well, dog you dressed think. up. It was extreme. Some people just wear that every day. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to know. It's hard to know. Especially in that neighborhood. You never know what's going on down there. Yeah, I, I still, I, I, I've got to come up with another one for next year. But yeah, the costumes, when they when they don't fit right, when they can't see, you know, it makes it not just dangerous, but stressful. And I think those are the two big things with the costumes you have to look out for. It's, is it stressing the dog out and, and is it uncomfortable? And also, is it dangerous because they're going to step on it? They're going to trip. It's cutting into them mm-hmm. or anything like that. Or they can't jump or they're going to, you know, be hitting other dogs with their costume because it's because of its reach oh, yeah. or things like that. So that that's pretty much what I saw saw, you know, if there was was any any parts of the costume that were, you know, um, not so great. But, you know, the hard part is it's also the hilarity of it. Because even True. when they're ill-fitting, I'm like, that's a really bad idea. And it's so funny. I know. It makes it kind of tough. You but know, unless the dog looks sad. They don't want it to look sad. Then I'm like, no, we'll let your dog go. What are the, what are the uh, typical stress indicators that a dog will do if that's they're a, not happy? That's a good question. Um, how about all the ones before they start biting you? Uh, <laughs> so we get that. Once they start biting, you're like, oh, they don't like yeah, that. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> um, you know, avoidance. Avoidance is a good one when mm-hmm. you take it out and they run the other way Mm -hmm. um that suggests that they're not liking what's about to happen (laughs) um you know once it's on you have to watch out as well we we didn't talk about this yet but you do have to watch out for overheating yeah um you know i don't know where everyone has halloween here in new york it's uh you know it's a temperate kind of day so it's not a big worry but if you're in miami or uh you know the southern states or california southern parts there or below the equator if you're listening to this on the other side of the world you know um it can be really hot and that's important. You don't want your dog overheating. That's a really problematic thing. Um, as far as signs of stress, you know, excessive panting. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll be panting from stress, not from overheating and not from exercise. Mm-hmm. If, you know, if, you've, if you can look at it and go, they're not too hot and we didn't just run here and they're panting, that's a sign of a low-grade stress going on. Mm-hmm. Yawning is another one. Like if you're trying to buckle or put the costume on them and they're yawning or kids are like crowding around them and they start to throw a couple yawns out there or just if in general they're yawning, mm-hmm. that's another one. Um, sometimes the whites of their eyes, like when their eyes get big and saucery, yeah, um, that's one. That's, they're, they're pretty freaked out at that point, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, okay. and that tends to happen with specific things happening. You know, like someone's coming at them to, to, to 
pet them or pick them up, put them on a table, or you're trying mm-hmm. to put something on their head, and they're like, oh, my God, big saucer eyes. <laughs> so those are the big ones I can think of. Um, okay. There might be a couple other ones. Certainly shaking. Yeah. Um, it's not just limited to chihuahuas. A lot of, <laughs> lot of dogs can shake when they're upset. Um, yeah, you know, um, any of those things. And, and then reconsider whether your dog, you know, wants to be out. The, the environment itself is pretty chaotic, you know, even beyond the costumes. So. I mean, for me this year, it's like Halloween's on a Friday, you know, and like the parade in the West Village. I'm like, I don't think I'm going to go. Like, that's really super stressful for me. Yeah. So I can't even imagine being, you know, 12 inches tall at the shoulder and being in something really uncomfortable and then just mayhem around. I mean, you know, a yeah. lot of people don't bring their dogs to that parade, fortunately. Yeah. But, you know, I think it's really important to really think about like where what your plans are. what What's your goal for dressing up your pet? Yeah, yeah. You know, if it's a small, limited event, indoors or out, that's not so bad, I think. Mm -hmm. But I think you have to think about whether, you know, taking them. I know a lot of people think, you know, to take their dog trick-or-treating, but there's three, you know, with your kids or with your family or with your partner, and and maybe they're part of the the ensemble that you're doing. But you really need to consider, are you going to be able to give them the attention that they need to stay safe? And are you going to be able to, uh, is, is it going to be an environment that's not so physically chaotic? Because they don't like that. Yeah. And is it going to be sound uh, chaotic? They don't like loud, you know, crazy sounds and things. So, you know, any of those things, you know, kids have, you know, I think they still get these for Halloween. I know they get them for Fourth of July, but those those awful snap pops. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, yeah, Dogs yeah, yeah. hate those. those and scary. if, you know, those come out at like every kind of kid holiday mm-hmm. event thing. And those are a dog's worst nightmare. Yeah. I mean, I remember once going trick-or-treating. A friend brought their dog. I think it was part of the costume. I don't know, but whatever. <laughs> anyway, every door we went to and rang the doorbell, the dog would flip out because the doorbell's ringing. So oh, it was God, like this right? poor From dog. From the outside, he's... Yeah, oh, God. yeah. And so it was just like, and he'd get all like strung out and jumping around, you know, so it's like... That is awful. About the fourth house, we smartened up and said, let's put the dog back and yeah. you know, forget it already. But, you know, so it's... You never know what's going to happen, and... Halloween Eve, I mean, people are going out earlier and earlier with their kids. So also, you know, be aware of your walking schedule. You don't want to walk your dog if he hates kids at, you know, five o'clock when every child in Brooklyn or wherever you live is out. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for dogs, you know, when things look different, I mean, that's why it's called socialization. If it's something they haven't seen and they, they hit adulthood and then they're confronted with, you know, all of these, you know, people that look weird. Mm -hmm. That's just total alarm. Yeah. So I think it would. I mean, I get pretty freaked out, frankly. <laughs> it's scarier every year, and we know what's going on. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think this is a perfect time to take a break. So we're going to do our station identification, and we'll be back in one minute talking more about Halloween safety tips for your pets. Listening to I'm Famous by Ellen Wilkes. Since 2001, Heritage Foods USA has sold pasture-raised, antibiotic-free heritage meats to restaurants and homes around the country. 
Our farmers raise their animals with care using traditional methods guaranteed to produce the very best tasting meat. Our pork breeds include Berkshire, Red Wattle, Duroc, Gloucester Old Spot, Large Black, and Tamworth, and our beef comes from Piedmontese, Angus Akiyushi, Belgian Blue, Highland, Simmental, and Belted Galloway cattle. We also carry a rotation of 24 rare breeds of heritage chicken, seasonal specialties like lamb, goat, geese, and of course, heritage turkeys. Visit us online at www.heritagefoodsusa.com or give us a call at 718-389-0985 to place your order today. really cute (laughs) all right so i'm talking to denise herman from empire the dog we're talking about halloween safety tips for your pets and we were just talking about trick-or-treating a little bit taking your pet or not one of the things that i wanted to say is if you're taking your dog out and i mean this should really be at any night but especially for the holiday nights make sure you've got a reflective collar or something that lights up because god forbid they bolt and they get away from you somehow at least there'll be some kind of reflection for all the traffic that there is that night so that being said, um, I think that we should talk about how to basically keep your house safe. Yeah, what are the things that um, are going to pose a risk to your dog just because the holiday's happening? Yeah. What's going on in your house? What are the things you don't think about? Totally. For dogs and cats, cats as much as dogs in this one. The cats, you're certainly not taking them out to costume things. You costume, you costume them in private. <laughs> Facebook those photos. That's what we do and Instagram them. That's very true. Cats in wigs. Hashtag that. Look at that one. <laughs> I, I, I love I love those wigs. I can't even. I'll spend days doing it. But okay, so like, you know, you've got your house. And I mean, one of the things that... <laughs> let's start with talking about jack-o'-lanterns. Flaming jack-o'-lanterns. Yes, scary fire things. Yeah. You know, they have all those things now that you can put in the jack-o'-lanterns. They're just battery-operated. And those are way, way safer. Using a... You know, if you have pets or young kids at this point, using a candle anywhere... Um, below shoulder level in yeah. your house is not a good idea. And it's not even a good idea for me. I'm klutzy. <laughs> I, I'm likely to start a fire. Uh, so, yes, keep the actual flames not there. And think of it also, if you've got that outside, you've got kids coming up to your porch and walking up the the sidewalk or whatever it may be, and they're klutzy as well. And those costumes, while they're all supposed to be not flammable, they look really flammable to yeah. me. Yeah. So I'd say no open flames. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. And, you know, when you've got all these candy and stuff around, you've got to be really super hyper-conscious of that as well. Because it might be nowhere near where the dog can get it, but if you've got a cat, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, the dog will eat the candy, and then the cat will eat the wrapper. Even It'll better. play with it till it eats it. So you got a double whammy. Maybe <laughs> they don't have a two-for-one at the emergency pet clinic either. So. Seriously. So I would keep all of the candy before Halloween up out of the way. Then I would keep all of the candy your kids get or that you know you're giving out i would keep that up out of the way and and think of it too if you have kids and a pet the kids will just throw the wrappers down they'll leave the bag of candy on the you know in the bag on the ground on the floor you know not you know not not paying attention basically Mm -hmm. so you know all of those things you have to worry about and like i mean chocolate is toxic so are raisins you know there's xylitol yeah, I, w- I always say, or I often say to my clients, outside of Halloween even, you know, how many of you have a pack of sugar-free gum in your purse? That's dog poison. Yeah. Um, and dogs root through stuff. So keep that in mind. Keep everything closed. Keep everything up. Um, supervise. 
that's that's the main the main rule for that. Till the candy's gone. Till yeah. the, till the candy's gone. Um, you know, a, a, a Tupperware is not a bad place to keep it. Something that has a lid, yeah, um, that closes down on it is a good idea. Totally. And you know, you've just. Keep an eye out, especially, you know, going back to costumes. You know, if you've got something with a lot of detail on it, like glitter or sparkles or tinsel or whatever, you've got to make sure the stuff's off the ground because it's a perfect snack. And it's also a really nice vet bill. Yeah, and dogs can actually inhale that stuff, you know. Whoa. I mean, they can inhale glitter if it's laying around on the floor because they sniff everything. It goes in, goes out, you know, and that's probably... Not the best party trick. No, and glitter is also tiny, tiny pieces of glass. So yeah, they're cause, sharp. Yeah, that so. can cause all kinds of fun. Yep, yep. So yeah, candy out. Keep it, keep it, keep it. You know, out of the way of the dog. Flaming, no flaming things. <laughs> um, costumes that are edible, um, that are not meant to be edible. You should mm-hmm. be careful of. Mm-hmm. You know, little things on them that can get caught. Stuff like that. Cobwebs. People decorate with cobwebs. Your oh, yeah. cat or dog could walk through that. Um, you know, keep that in mind as well. Maybe the cobwebs should, again, go above shoulder level somewhere. That would be fine, too. That could be a digestive nightmare if you eat that stuff, because it doesn't break. If you've ever tried to rip it, I think it's polyester wire. Yeah, that that seems like it would be gross. Wow, that would be really scary. Yeah. hmm. And so, okay, let's say for the typical pet owner, okay, I'm I'm not going to dress up my dog or my cat. I'm going to leave them at home. What do you suggest they do Ooh, with I have these answers. pets? Yes, um, well, number one is make sure that all of your animals have ID on them. Mm. Um, and this, not not that you can do it for birds, but I was also going to say, you know, birds, put them away in cages. Birds are, you know, yeah. a pretty popular pet for a lot of people, and sometimes they're, like, free-roaming. You know, make sure they're, they're really secure. Yeah. Make sure dogs are secure. If you're getting trick-or-treaters, um, your door's opening and closing, your kids might be helping you if they're there. Yeah. And, you know, I just had a client this week, uh, you know, lose their dog. It, it, it walked out a door that someone mm. had left open. and. When you have kids around, doors and gates and things get left open. But during Halloween, it's what you're doing. It's yeah. opening and closing and the doorbell's going off. And if your dog, even if your dog's super friendly and not reactive, it's probably a good idea to put them in another room, give them a bone, something to chew on so that they don't have to be part of everything that's going on. Even though that seems like a good idea, the chance that they could bolt outside you know, they could hear something, they could see something, and then yeah. they're gone. So for sure, keep ID on them. Plan for the worst-case scenario um, potential, but then secure everything so that you don't get into that problem. Mm-hmm. And then cats, you know, black cats, it's kind of a, a bit of a thing yeah. that um, it, they can fall prey to, to pranks and cruelty things. They really, like, places like the ASPCA and Humane Societies really suggest keeping cats, black cats especially, in for the couple of days before Halloween and a couple of days after. Yeah. You know, a little, um, you know, a bookends around that. Yeah, it's it's really scary. I mean, the, the percentages of black cats that are tortured just this time of year are, you know, keep your pets inside. It's just smarter. And I know that this might sound a little bit alarming and like... You know, like Halloween is like some really horrible thing. But the fact of the matter is, is, you know, it's a busy day. And so it's good, good just to kind of keep these things in mind. I'm not. Yeah. This isn't like a doomsday. Yeah, we are like, we're like Debbie Downer today. <laughs> no fun for anyone. It's really careful. Um, you know, if you want to have your dog out, one of the simplest things you can do is if, if they're not taking part in everything, but you kind of want to have them out to answer the door. Two things. Keep in mind that the kids... Kids might be afraid of dogs. You're going to encounter just statistically some kids yeah. that are afraid of dogs. And so they're 
they're not going to love that. But if you're going to have your dog out, certainly put something on them that's blinky and reflective. We talked about that before, just in case they get out in this case. And Mm -hmm. keep them on leash. Just put the leash on them in the house and hold the leash while you open the door so that you're not relying on their training to be spot on, that they're, you know, a robot who's never going to cross the threshold. Keep them on leash. That's, you know, a a much safer way to go without, like, us poo-pooing all the fun. Well, I mean, I've got to tell you, it's like I've had well-trained dogs, but I have never had a dog that doesn't just go nuts when the doorbell rings. And so Halloween is just like, whoa, you know, so. Yeah, it's like fire drill, fire drill, fire drill over and over and over again. It's so exciting. Somebody's here. Let's see what's going on. You know, and and a lot of times their job is to bark when the doorbell rings. So all of a sudden you're like, shut up, shut up. And the dog's (laughs) like, wait, every other day this is cool. Like, what's wrong with today? Like, you know, there's no logic there for them. It's. They don't think like we do. They're, oh, everyone's in funky costumes, so it's cool. No, yep. it's 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 even a bigger threat. You've got people in like face paint and masks and stuff showing up at the door. So yeah, yeah, know. and they're like, clearly, this is someone here to do you harm. Totally. I will I will bite them now. <laughs> I'm look how good of a job I am doing for you. I've been waiting my whole life to protect you from this crazy clown monster goat herder person. <laughs> totally. Totally. So it's, you know, you kind of have to think a little bit like your dog or your cat on these kind of holidays because what might seem like no big deal for you could be a very big deal for them. And, you know, just kind of take it with a grain of salt. That's all. And just keep them safe, you know. Um, Let's talk about the psychological toll that this day can have. Oh, well, you know, that's, you know, more for the dogs because they're the ones that tend to be social and be out. And Mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's the the chaos of of being out there if you're going to take them out and go trick-or-treating, you know, with your kids or something like that. It's it's, It goes back to that socialization thing. It's great if you've got a young puppy, say, under, maybe under five months, that you could, you know, take them for part of that time. Mm -hmm. Um, You could carry them. You could have them in a dog bag. They could be, you know, being exposed to it, but at a a tolerable level, level where they're not being consistently you know, touched, picked up, manhandled, etc., but they can get some socialization. If your dog's older, you know, than like six, seven months, though, um, and they're not really socially bulletproof and like bonkers happy about everyone all the time, it's probably a holiday they'd rather sit out because mm-hmm. it seems like there's a, a threat at every, you know, step they take. There's yeah. another crazy-looking person. So who's I, all I, hopped up on sugar? <laughs> yeah, who's all hopped up on sugar and is holding a sword to beat them with? <laughs> exactly. Um, so I, I would, I would, I would opt out of it with the dog, unless again, if it's a little dog, you want to put it in a dog bag. Plenty of them feel safe that way, and then that's way less stressful for them. Yeah. Um, if you want to take them and maybe turn the bag into some sort of costume for them, you know, mm-hmm. that might be a, a safe way. You know, with a little creativity, you can probably. Um, poo-poo all of our suggestions and still get away with it if you're really, really creative about it, um, I suspect. It's true. I mean, one of the things to know is that, you know, the reason that we're doing this show is because there's the amount of vet visits increases exponentially during Halloween and other holidays. And so, you know, there is a reason for this. And so we just want to kind of help you guys out and just make sure everybody's cool and just have an easier holidays. I mean, the holidays are stressful. It's yeah, like you don't yeah. need to worry about this. On At least the dog doesn't it. have their mother-in-law coming. <laughs> but, you know, the, the poison thing, I think that's the biggest one. When, we, when, when, I, when I was um, reading a little bit even more about this, that the poison hotlines get a lot more calls. I mean, Halloween is by and large uh, a really chocolatey holiday yeah and chocolate is toxic for dogs um even small amounts of it so you're either gonna have a a poopy vomity messy dog or at worst um you're gonna need to take him to the the veterinary hospital emergency wise so keep that number handy that's something that 
you should always have really ready access to that yeah. you know exactly where the number is and where the location is for your nearest 24-hour emergency uh, vet hospital in case. All right, so let's just say we might as well just continue on this realm. Worst case scenario. Oh, okay? God. Everything's going downhill. Yep. I know what happens next. It's been a rough day. You know, too many kids, too huffed up in sugar, all strung out. Costume doesn't fit. Spot takes off. So Spot has Put run the kids away. in harnesses and make them pull the car on all that huffed <laughs> up sugar all the way till you find him. Um, no, not that one so much. Well, you know, a, a bunch of things. If your dog uh, gets away, hopefully they have their tags and collar on. That's a safety thing. Make sure that every single thing that they wear has their, their num- your number on it where people can reach you. Um, possibly if, you know, probably the word reward doesn't mm-hmm. hurt to put an incentive um, don't leave your dog out in front of anywhere where someone could take them. Um, so uh, I would do all of that stuff. If they get loose, you're hoping someone finds them. Let's let's assume that they may not get loose on Halloween night. This just could be any time. Yeah. But Halloween would be pretty bad. Um, you know, flyers. Put, put your number on the flyers. Describe the dog's behavior. Have a really good recent picture of your dog mm-hmm. that can be on a flyer pretty quickly. I think probably... Color flyers are going to be even better. Um, and there's also some places online. There's a thing called an Amber Alert you can put out about your dog. I think there's a, a website, Lost Pets, something or other. We'll, we'll find that and read it over the air in a minute. But okay. um, that for sure. Get neighbors in on it. Give flyers to all of your neighbors. Give flyers to uh, the police precinct as well as um, reporting it to the local animal shelters. They also say go check daily. Mm-hmm. Don't rely on your description and talking to someone over the phone. Um, that's already uh, too too much latitude there for something to go wrong. Go to the shelter every day. Um, there's something else, too. I was thinking of, oh, I've heard people say that even, you know, when you have the police officers or you see your local people, like, you know, they hang around in their cars, like, yeah. you know, just, like, watching stuff. Hand them the flyers personally. Let mm-hmm. them know. They're really out there cruising your neighborhood in that area just looking all day long. It's yeah. not like crimes are being committed nonstop. So they're just out there, you know, doing the visual inspection. Uh, I've heard a lot of clients of uh, stories of the, the police actually picking up their dog and finding them under an overpass or huddled in a corner yeah. things like that so like if if you lose a pet what is the do you who do you call first i mean if let's say the pet's not microchip because if the pet's microchip then you know you can get the microchip company to help you out with this a lot but like you know do you obviously you don't call 911 god yeah don't call 911 um they are not going to help you you can call 311 uh, in in new york i think 311 is our number here that's yeah. uh, our like non-emergency sort of uh, you can report all kinds of things through 311 but i think that's one call your police station local precincts and surrounding stations call animal rescues animal rescue leagues Mm. Um, call the animal shelter. Uh, you can email the flyers, but probably best to take everything in by hand secondary. Get yeah. the word out as quickly as possible digitally, okay. immediately. If you have a neighborhood Facebook group, which a lot of people do, uh, post it in there straight away. Take flyers directly to your neighbors. Um, I'm trying to think That's what smart. else. Uh, you know, Talk to them about that. Um, animal control, let yeah. them know. Yeah. Um, and like I said, to go right to the police officers and, and, and hand them the flyers. Drive around a lot looking for your dog. Um, if you have a second dog, you might walk that dog around and mm. see. You know, if you want to get really involved, they have dog trackers. They have people who track your wow. lost pet. Uh-huh. And they also have dog detectives, which is a little different than the trackers, wow. I believe. Yep, absolutely. Amazing. These could be new shows. This is really amazing. Wow. All right, so then let's let's bring the the mood up here a little bit. What are things that 
we as regular human beings can do to make the holidays better for our pets. Lower your expectation of how involved they need or have to be. I mm. think, you know, give them a safe space away. Yep. Um, give them something to do. Script the time when they do come out mm-hmm. so that, you know, everyone's there that wants to be there and that can, like, hang out, pet them, say hi to them, but that it's supervised, safe time for them. And it's not when doors are opening, closing, and everything's chaotic. And not when you have, like, a roast on a low, you know, coffee table and yeah. you have to yell at your dog for eating part of dinner. Uh, dogs are dogs. Cats can get up on anything, so, and they don't like to be locked away as much. Uh, but you probably, you know, if you get them used to it from when they're young, the cats could be put in another room. Cats are, you know, you really have to go case by case, I think. What, mm-hmm. what do you think about the cats? Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, what happens, what tends to happen with me is if I have a large group of people over at my place, inevitably some one person's allergic to the cat. So if that's the case, then, mm, you know. That's the problem. Yeah. yeah. That's a big deal. So what I'll do is, you know, if if I have guests coming, if someone tells me, you know, that they're allergic, then that really helps because then I can clean the area out. You know, not that my Put house some Benadryl in their ration of exactly, food without telling them. You know. <laughs> but, you know, what I do is I take the cats and I lock them into a bedroom and they have their litter pan and they have their water. And, you know, if, if it's dinner time, they'll have dinner in there. And they're used to hanging out in the other room, so it's not that really much of, big of a deal. And if they come out and it's allowed anyway, usually they're like, forget this I'm going back into there you know so they don't seem to be as intense what worries me is things like Thanksgiving and Christmas when you have your huge spread out and it's all like beautiful and you've got you know 12 cheeses on the table and you all are at the bar or something and you turn around the dog is eating half a wheel of brie we had we had our dog once. Um, well, a couple of things. We had a cat unice a cake that my mom left out overnight. Like, oh, no. like literally de-ice the cake. My mom came down <laughs> and was like, in the morning, she was like, "I swear, I iced this cake last night, but there's not a <laughs> stitch of icing on it. Yet the cake is perfect." She literally had to look in the garbage can for the empty can of frosting, and she's like, "I did ice this cake. What the heck happened here?" How sick was the cat? Not sick at all. Oh my god! It was not a chocolate icing. It was some sort of white icing. I mean, I have no idea how the cat didn't get sick. We also had our dog down the, um, we had a finished basement, and our dog went and ate, like, a whole bowl of um, Hershey's Kisses, wrappers and all. Oh, wow. Um, And, and, you know, we were lucky as well. Lucky and and, and probably um, a a little bit just completely clueless. Yeah. Um, But she, she... Probably didn't feel well for a while, but didn't didn't do her in. Didn't Oof. didn't come close anyway. Luckily, Ugh. we had a. Jack so if you're Russell. gonna put candy out, put small rations. Yeah, exactly, like leave the, the five pound bag of Skittles somewhere. You know, M&M. mm, exactly. But we had a Jack Russell that we were having a dinner party, and um, it was a very fancy party. And opened up the doors to welcome everyone to dinner, and there's the dog standing on the table. Finishing eating an entire stick of butter and had gone around to all the butter or the the plates for the bread oh, and had God. eaten all the individual pets off. Oh my god! And thank God she was fine. His dog had a cast iron stomach, but you know this could have like really messed her up, and so it, it was okay. But you never know. And this dog was blind. Okay, this wasn't like you know she yeah. was frighteningly smart, Jack Russell, but she couldn't even see, and she figured this out. So like, if you have a pet that's like, yeah has got all its senses and stuff, you know, you just got to think about worst case scenario and what can happen. So, yeah. you know, and like Thanksgiving and Christmas, don't give your pet 7,000 pieces of turkey and snacks because all your guests are doing it too. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I've heard, I haven't had personal experience with this, but I've heard that, um, for example, like turkey skin, chicken skins, the skins are really, really, really rich, too yeah. rich for them in, in any 
in almost any dose at yeah. all. Um, and they can get things like pancreatitis, which yeah. is pretty hateful. It's bad. It's really, really bad, and it's hard to get them back from that. And that's something that I used to see at the vet's office once in a while, or like giving them like huge quantities of cooked chicken fat or something like that. Just kind of like, well, we're not going to eat it, so here, give the dog the gravy. And it's just remember the fact that, you know, your dog is or your pet is much smaller than you are in most cases. So, you know, if you're giving them a quote unquote serving, you know, go proportionately. If you have a three pound dog, a serving is basically about the size of your thumbnail. You know, it's not like here's an entire turkey leg for you. So you got to just kind of keep it in mind, you know, and just kind of keep it easy and understand the fact that if you do give these dogs tons of scraps and they're not used to human food, you're probably going to have a really sick pet on your hands. Yeah. That's not fun either, you know. We had a Christmas like that with a dog I was boarding, whose who's mom I was just talking to today, and I was just talking about the story last night. It was the, the, the Christmas we called Diarrhea Doberman. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't pleasant. And nothing we had done. She just was a, a sensitive Nelly. But, yeah, it's not fun. It's a great way to ruin a, a little night out is to come home to that. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I've seen it, too, at Thanksgiving of just, like this dog that just got is a hold away too much and all of a sudden we're all sitting down to eat and guess who's sick yeah and, i mean like know. maybe little pieces of vegetables you know carrots a little bit of broccoli yeah. if they want to eat it if they turn their nose up to it then i'm like oh too bad for you yeah but, but it's uh, also you know tell your guests please don't feed my pet if he's walking around because everybody does like everybody's like oh just a little piece but if you have 20 people over and everyone's given a little piece it adds up so yeah you don't need to feed them dinner before people come over yeah, just no assume kidding. it's gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> just assume dinner's going to happen. It's really true. Um, I wanted to just say one last thing because my client who got their dog back this week, the one that walked out the door, they yeah. got her back and they sent out what's called an Amber Alert. And that is something you can you can look up. There's a couple different websites you can see this at. And it sends out a, a broadcast a message with a picture of your dog and the, the current information out via Twitter, Facebook, um, and all sorts of other ways where people can sign up to hear this wow. or to get it. And there's www.petamberalert.com. And there's also fidofinder.com. And always have a current uh, picture of your dog ready to go. And if your neighbor or someone you know loses a dog and you happen to be someone who's tech savvy, who knows Twitter and knows some of these things, a great thing you could do is to help them because not everyone's really so inclined to that. But it is one of the fastest ways to start um, getting the word out. And I get the alerts on my phone. when I'm, And it it geolocates it to your phone. It can give you like a Twitter alert based on where you are, these Amber Alerts. So I get them sometimes when I'm in Baltimore for some reason. I'm always like, I look at the picture. I'm like, I look at the picture. Am I going to see this dog? And they tell you you know what streets they were lost on and uh and i think it's really helpful and i think that helped them get their dog back that's really cool that's really because cool. it had no tags on it oh you're kidding no it didn't have anything on it either. and no that's... microchip either right no yeah that's no. no they had taken the collar off like that day you know as oh, it always happens like that totally. day to like bathe it or something it had a harness on but it was a new harness and there was nothing you know no information oh. on that so it's you know the worst of the worst case scenario, but I'm so glad they got it back um, to, to Prince's mommy. I'm glad Prince is back. That's a great story, and I, I think we should end on that because it's really a happy one. It's a happy one. Yay! But Denise, thank you so much for coming on the show. Please give us all your contact information on your websites. Uh, Denise is an amazing, amazing dog trainer. If you're in the New York area, you've got a puppy or you've got a dog that needs some work, give her a buzz. She's fantastic. Well, you're very sweet. It's, it's true, though. It's empireofthedog.com, and it's also Empire of the Dog on Twitter and Empire of the Dog on Instagram and Empire of the Dog anywhere else. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I can't really get to anything else at this point. But those, those, those two, I try to get to. 
Well, that sounds great. I mean, yeah, all the all the social networking stuff now. I mean, I've got Animal Instinct. We're on Facebook. So if you like the show and you want to hear things and get more all about animal stuff during the week between shows, please like the page. I'm the Food Healer. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me at foodhealer.com. Have a great week. Uh, we will see you next Monday with a whole new show. Thanks and take care. listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org you can find all of our archive programs on our website or as podcasts in the itunes store by searching heritage radio network you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter at heritage underscore radio you can email us questions anytime at info at heritage radio network.org heritage radio network is a 501c3 non-profit to donate and become a member visit our website today thanks for listening